Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. Uh, my name's Colin. I'm the C with me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I was just thinking, you know, if we were a better podcast, we would have, you know, um, waited till the Oscars to finish yes. before we actually started recording this. That would have been dedication, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would require a lot of dedication because it requires us to wake up at 1am in the morning, Monday morning, and, to watch it. And that's, the, that's just when it starts, isn't it? It finished like 4am or something. Um, yeah, but you've done that before for elections, so I do, it's the same thing. Yeah, I always like staying up for elections. I think one year I did consider staying up for the uh, the Oscars, but I don't I don't have the channel it's on. <laughs> and to be honest... I can what, what, what channel is it on? Surely it's like on... On Sky Movies, I think, or something. Oh, I think. okay. Um, but I'm... Usually on the Monday morning, I just watch the edited highlights on YouTube, and that seems to do the job. Uh, so as, as you, the listener, listen to this, you will know who has won, um, and we do not. We don't know the controversies, whether there was a La La Land moonlight kind of moment, or, mm-hmm. or if someone... Who, who's going to host it? Who we know, we yeah, know. we don't know. We don't know. Is someone <laughs> going to say something racist? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> Um, we are talking all about Tom Cruise today. It's Tom Cruise heavy. Uh, oh, this is like the best podcast for me ever. At first I was like, uh, I don't know much about Tom Cruise. But then, looking at the bright side, you can do most of the talking <laughs> in this podcast. I'll just sit back and just listen I'm, and I'm starting uh, to feel my like, phone. Yeah, your, your ideal podcast is one where you just say hi at the beginning and then it's just me talking for now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I did a lot of preparation for this, uh, the opening, okay? Okay. <laughs> did, yeah, I, well, thank you. I'm going to let you on a secret, Zijan. Let you on a secret. What? It's my ambition to name every single Tom Cruise film at some point. Talk about every single one of his films in the, in the course of this podcast. You should try to do that as segues throughout this entire podcast. Oh, you think we'll just give the titles without people realising? Yeah, exactly. That would be great. Um, you are a legend, Zijan. Um, there you go. I've referred to his obscure film, Legend. No one knows that film. <laughs> but before we get... Start with something less obscure, can't you? Um, you're really a Top Gun. Now let's start with the. Uh, <laughs> um, let's start with the uh, Chris Hemsworth. The news. Oh, you're way ahead of me. Okay, yeah. go for it. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth is uh, set to play Hulk Hogan. He is in an upcoming Netflix movie. Um, famed wrestler and handlebar moustache owner, uh, Hulk Hogan. You ever watch wrestling? Uh, no, but I'm pretty. Well, I think I've seen bits of it. But um, if I'm not mistaken, Hulk Hogan was the pinnacle, or he, he, he introduced the masses to wrestling. He was very, very popular. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I've never watched wrestling, but yes, he was huge, and he was also um, an actor of sorts. He did some films, mm. at least. Um, I guess he was the Rock of his day, but yes, he was not quite as successful. But he, he, but Considering that the rock but is the... immensely popular, he he probably brought wrestling to the to the forefront. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. Um, Chris Hemsworth, because Hemsworth thinks a great actor. He's I mean, obviously Thor, but he did really really enjoyed him in mm. in Rush. Um, uh, he, he even though he's in pretty good shape, I'm pretty sure he needs to bulk up a little bit more to play a wrestler. I don't know. I think yeah. they were certainly back in the day. I think they were fairly uh, leaner. Well, I think they were just quite quite fat, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they were heavy. What? <laughs> Maybe not fat, but they, they were heavy rather than kind of toned, I would have thought. So, I'd, I mean, I, they, cause they didn't look like Chris Hemsworth. I think he probably needs to... Well, he doesn't need to do anything. He can do what he likes. But um, I don't think they're kind of such defined muscular beings. Maybe they were. I don't know. Uh, I think Chris Hemsworth's oh. better looking than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Yep, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm sure you can pull off the handlebar moustache very well. Oh. I'm trying to picture him with a handlebar moustache, and I'm not convinced. But um. <laughs> um, It's directed by Todd Phillips, uh, oh, yeah. whose upcoming film, The Joker, mm. uh, will be out this year, later this year. Because I, I was trying to think, presumably it's not a kind of drama. It's probably a dramedy, is it? So it's going to be a kind of with comic element. I don't think you can do a serious film that's just Hulk Hogan. Uh, I think you have to have some comic elements of it. But, uh, Todd Phillips did the Hangover films, didn't he? But he did um, War Dogs. So he can do both. Yeah, okay. Um, we've got some more news about Bond 25. Um, it's been pushed back again, so it's going to be April 2020. Uh, and the rumour is the title is going to be Shatterhand, which I kind of hate. <laughs> um, 
I don't get the name. Shatterhand. Well, um, I believe, uh, having done some research, sort of, I read this in mm-hmm. the paper, um, in, I think it's in You Only Live Twice, I think, um, there is a baddie called Shatterhand. Um, so they've taken oh, the name like... of, a, of an existing character from a book. But, uh, yeah, it's not a good name. <laughs> Isn't it very obvious as well? I, I I feel like they're coming out with, oh, let's name all Bond films beginning with the letter S. It does seem to be a little run of that, doesn't it? Yeah, Skyfall, Spectre, Shadowhand. Um, I don't know. They've, they've had worse titles, I suppose. Uh, I, I pity the singer who has to sing a song about Shadowhand. Yeah. I don't know you can rhyme Contraband. That rhymes with it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get Lin-Manuel Miranda on, the, yeah. <laughs> on it. Flatter Panda... Um, anyway, yes, it's, uh, I'm not, it's still rumours at this stage, so who knows, but this, this whole thing seems to be a bit of a mess, because they've, I so said they've lost, uh, Danny Boyle, and then they've got in, uh, Carrie Fukunaga, or something like that, um, yeah, I, I think they should have just in Daniel Craig a while ago, so there you go. Do we care, though, about Bond? I'm not a huge Bond fan, I, I always watch them, and I thought Casino Royale was absolutely fantastic, but I, yeah, not. I'm not obsessive by any mm. means. So uh, No, I won't rush to watch it. I wanna see I wanna see Henry Cavill as Bond. I've said it before. You should say it louder, Colin, to the producers. Henry Cavill. He's not gonna do Superman anymore. That uh that Man from Uncle sequel I wanted isn't happening. Give him the Bond job. Fair enough. <laughs> um Mark Webb. Oh yes. Of, uh, of amazing Spider Man fame. Mark yep. yep, and Five Hundred Days of Summer. Of course. Uh, is set to remake an anime called Your Name. Alright. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure whether you heard of it before. Nope. It was very big two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. It's either last year or the year before that. Okay. Um, Your Name is a story about um, uh, a boy and girl, I think teenagers, who wake up with their bodies swapped. Wow. My, um, my, my brother speaks very highly of the film It's a Boy-Girl Thing. Um which is terrible, but has the same premise. This is very popular, though. Okay. This this is film, it a comedy. Uh, is it is, a... Uh, no, it's a uh, it's more drama. Okay. So I don't know whether this is a spoiler or anything, but it, because but it won't be a spoiler because it happens halfway through. They discover that not not only they swap bodies, uh, they communicate with each other. They are five years apart, Ooh. so there's there's some time traveling element. Lake House well. style, similar to the Lake House. Yeah. yeah. So is it is it so, is he making it live action or is he? I think he's going to make it live action. And the reason why he was chosen was because the, the original producer uh, was impressed with 500 Days of Summer. I presume he hasn't watched Amazing Spider-Man uh, 1 and 2. No, not, not Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. But he was impressed with 500 Days of Summer and his ability to tell love stories. It's a great film. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That sounds interesting. Hence, yeah. Uh, J.J. Abrams is producing it as well. It, so Is it going to be westernized or is it going to be... I'm assuming with those people involved it probably is. It probably is. No idea though. But uh, this is only the beginning of news. Okay. Um, yeah. Aquaman was uh, was huge. Uh, the mm-hmm. highest huge. grossing of, of the DCU films. Um, and so a spin-off was, uh, was inevitable. Um, <sighs> but the spin-off is apparently about the trench. Um, that no one cares about. No one cares even slightly about. Um, so those of you who uh, haven't watched it, or even those of you who have watched it and may have forgotten uh, towards the end he has to go down into the trench which has all kinds of weird sea creatures including Julie Andrews um, and get a trident and they thought hey people loved Aquaman they probably loved the trench let's make a the trench spin-off um, of all the of all the hundred-ish years nearly hundred years of DC comics they're making a I film about this. the Aquaman trench I know right I know and, um, my, my, my only the I can only think that the reason behind this is because um, the the trench bit is is you know it's quite horrific. It's well, uh, it's horrific uh, horror undertones, which is what James Wan is known for. Yeah, and they, they do does seem to be that it's going to be a horror, um, and hence that's where they're going. But imagine the amount of CGI will go into this film. Isn't this entire film just full of CGI? Then it's if it's just be, about yeah. the trench, it's just monsters. But, yeah, but there's no characters. I don't. <laughs> no. So um, there's Julie Andrews. There's Julie Andrews. <laughs> Even away as what well, if she was, but um, some sort of Kraken type character. I just that just uh, just when I just when I thought DC were getting their act together. Um, anyway, this might be a DC film that I don't see, Zizan. 
There's Tom Cruise, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's very sad. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yes. Uh, from Get Out fame and uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. And uh, Lakeith Stanfield. So Lakeith Stanfield was also one of the actors in uh, uh, Get Out. And the star of we'll uh, Sorry to Bother You. Yes. We'll reunite in a Ryan Coogler biopic. A biopic of Ryan Coogler? No, not about Ryan Coogler. I mean, I'd watch it, but that'd be weird. (laughs) No, about one of the actual Black Panther Party members. Oh, right. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, Kaluuya will play Fred Hampton. So, I'm not too sure who these people are, to be honest. I didn't do enough research on them. My my main knowledge of Black Panther comes from uh, Forrest Gump, I must admit. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, but it follows his uh, rise through the ranks till his controversial death. Ooh. Well, that's great. I mean, Ryan Coogler's a fantastic director. Those are two great actors. Mm. Mm. So, why not, Sounds right? Sounds exciting. Okay. Um, one of the films that I had on my list of films I was looking forward to this year was called um, Untitled Danny Boyle Richard Curtis Project. Uh, I'm delighted mm-hmm. to say it's now got a title. It's called Yesterday. Um, we've got at least two trailers for it. Uh, it's the story of a guy, I think, which we already knew, in fact, was the story of a guy who... Um, wakes up one day and the Beatles never existed and so he starts playing their songs and oh um yeah trailers out I think it looks fantastic I'm really looking forward to this one uh, I'm a fan of Richard Curtis's I, I watched about time again um this week I, I still love it uh, I love the Beatles I like Danny Boyle I like Lily James this sounds perfect um <laughs> it's like the, yeah the perfect com- combination for you yeah. and so the trailer I think looks like it hit the right kind of tone oh. will I be forced to watch this I hope not uh probably <laughs> <laughs> Because you, like, you remember, Zijan, from last time that I was going to try and spin this off into a, a Beatles podcast. This is the perfect way to do it. No. <laughs> well, you thought about it. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's move on quickly okay. before you, you, you get too comfortable with this idea. Uh, Sebastian Stan will be replacing Chris Evans. As Captain America. Not in the Avengers. Oh, not, you got not me. Captain America, you got me. Unfortunately. So close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in... Netflix's The Devil All the Time. Ooh. Um, it's, uh, he'll be starring along, uh, Tom Holland, Jason Clark, uh, Mia Wysowska, and Robert Pattinson, among many others. Good cast. Yeah. Um, it's based on a book, apparently. Uh, I've not read the book, but it's about, but it's one of the, um, it's a very generic plot. It's about a bullet man, um, who became someone who knows how to take action, and then he interacts with a nefarious cast of characters in a story that's that spans decades. That was the plot synopsis that I read. It's okay. like the most... Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, very vague. It could be anything. But Sebastian Stan will be replacing Chris Evans. Yeah, that. well... Because Chris Evans uh, is very busy, apparently. Is he? Mm-hmm. All, all his post-Captain America work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Terminator film's got a working title, uh, which is Dark oh, Fate. Okay. Uh, <sighs> sounds like a... I mean, it sounds fine, I suppose. <laughs> it sounds like he... They took the name from the Transformers film. It does a bit, doesn't it? Actually, there was a, you know, the Weekly Planet was saying that there was a time when everything was dark. It was like Star Trek into Darkness, Thor: The Dark World. And so we haven't had any dark stuff for a while. But um, oh, great. Maybe this will be part of the dark universe, Colin. Ooh, the dark universe. <laughs> Maybe it will. <laughs> Maybe it will. Uh, yeah, I think I'm quite looking forward to it. I think with with Linda Hamilton back and James Cameron involved, I think it'll be alright. Uh, you have lots of faith. I always do. I always do. Actually, that's not true. Quite often, for example, the Aquaman Trench spin-off, I have no faith in the world <laughs> go, but um, this one I think might be, might be okay. <laughs> uh, following on from my story about Chris Evans having lots of uh, being busy with other roles, oh, yeah. he, he will be starring in Infinite, which is a reincarnation thriller by director Antoine Fuqua, yes. who directed The Magnificent Seven and South Pole. And the oh, video for uh, Gangster's Paradise. Because um, <laughs> why not? I think that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I read the brief synopsis. That looks like fun. Yeah, it's about um, a secret society with the ability to recall events from their past lives, um, acting as agents of change. Um, I don't know whether you played the, the video game Assassin's Creed before, Colin. Nope. Um, they made it into a very uh, dismal film with Michael Fassbender in it. Yeah. Um, but it's quite similar in oh, terms really? of premise. Okay. Yeah, in the, the the game uh, is quite similar because you basically go, 
back to the past into one of your ancestors um lineage yeah okay and hmm. okay that could be interesting so, oh. well, yeah it's chris evans he'll be good he's good um, were you looking forward to the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot with Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese from Deadpool being on the writing for it? Nope, no one was. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they've left, they've gone. Um, so the, uh, the, the Deadpool writing team are going to be behind this. That kind of boded slightly well, even though this is a terrible idea. Uh, but they've left, so who knows? They've jumped ship, if you will. We don't need another Pirates of the Caribbean. Really I mean, Disney ha- Disneyland has so many rides. <laughs> they can just use another ride. And they're doing one with as well with Emily Blunt, right? Coming up in The Rock. Oh, Some yeah. Jungle, jungle something. Jungle boat thing. Yeah. So they have so many rides. Just jungle make another film out of Well, they made Tomorrowland and that was terrible. So uh, maybe they yeah. <laughs> want to go back to their uh, pirating routes. But yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the fifth Pirates, but the fourth one was dire. You got any more? Um, the Breaking Bad movie is still pressing ahead. Good. For those Breaking Bad fans like you, Colin. I love it. I can't get enough of it, and I have never seen yep. it. Um, one of those things <laughs> How can you not see it? Froudy loves it, doesn't he? So, uh, Froudy, if you're listening, um, the Breaking Bad sequel is pressing ahead. I know that you mostly watch <laughs> Peppa Pig films these days, um, but if you can break that up with a uh, film about violence and drugs, <laughs> then you're in luck. Jesse Pinkman will be starring, won't he? Or all the character will be prominent. Yep, Aaron Paul. Um, uh, let's, I'll rattle through some casting news so Jason Momoa is the latest person to join the Dune film um, Luke Wilson you know I, I, I got confused with Jason Momoa and um, what's his name ah uh, the guy who plays Drax oh yeah David Batista. yes I got confused with all that I was like wasn't this already before in it. I, thought, yeah. I thought he was really in it. yeah no, they say no yeah no I, I can people. see where you're coming from there but um, they're both in it <laughs> Uh, which uh, I guess means he's not going to do the Aquaman Trench spin-off. Um, Luke Wilson has joined Zombieland 2, and David Ayoloo has joined Peter Rabbit 2, which I had no idea was happening. Um, Why is Peter Rabbit 2 happening? I, d- I think it did very well in America. I thought Peter Rabbit was pan. It was, like, yeah. Really? But I think it did well with the, at the box office. Um, it's a shame, because Donald Gleeson uh, and Rose Byrne are both great. Uh, I didn't see it, but... Um, yeah, they're making another one. Uh, I think people got quite angry because it did much, much better than Paddington, despite being a much worse film. There you go. Anything else? Is that, uh, uh, that's it. Uh, I'll just quickly mention then that the Razzies have happened. Um, and okay. uh, Holmes and Watson was the big winner. So I think yes. it got worse film. I think uh, John C. Riley got worst actor. Uh, Donald, Trump Donald Trump picked up some stuff. Um and Melissa McCarthy for the uh, the Happy Time Murders. Uh, so as you listen, but she got a Redemption Award and the Redemption Award. Can you forgive me? Um, mm. And she's Oscar nominated for that, so she might get both in the same year. Who knows? Who knows? Sandra Bullock did win both for on the same year. Oh, she, she did. Blindside and All About Steve. No, something about Steve. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember what the one she won for in Resi. Um, yeah, she turned up, didn't she? Uh, she did. She definitely did with her Oscar as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, right, then we move on, shall we, to uh, our segment to see or not to Z. We talk about films we have seen and whether you, the listener, should see them or not Z them. Have you seen a film, Zijan? Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to keep this podcast to a lot of you. Just Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> actually... no. no, this is this is disappointing. I've watched quite a few films. No, no, the, uh, the, but... So I've been watching, uh, because I been watching Netflix and I've been watching the Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, is that good? And that takes out a lot of, that takes out a lot of my time. I finished it. There's like ten episodes of five hundred minutes each. So Okay. That pretty much treat yeah. Shall I, I, I this isn't this isn't our podcast content, but should I watch that? Uh I enjoyed it. Okay. Um Ellen Page is in it. I didn't so I didn't love, not, right? didn't love the trailer to be honest, but um, um so I've seen uh well, I've seen Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, I've seen If Beale Street Could Talk. And I just watched um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is quite a lot older oh, wow. than those two. But um, I did watch that one. So I'll, I'll rattle through a little bit. So Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, no, Carly, take your time. Take, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McCarthy's excellent. Uh, Richard e. Grant's excellent. I think it's, it's a very good film. Kind of at, at the, coming out of the cinema, I wasn't blown away, but I think it stayed with me. Um, so I don't I don't think necessarily it'll win for acting, but I could see it potentially winning for screenplay. Um yeah, no, it's, it's a good. What's it about anyway? 
Oh, sorry, I should say that, shouldn't I? Uh, so, um, real life story. Melissa McCarthy plays uh, an author called Lee Israel, who was really down on her luck. Like she's not, she writes biographies and they're not doing very well. Um, and then she finds a letter written by, I can't remember who it was now, but written by a famous author and manages to sell this letter uh, at a bookshop because apparently bookshops all like to sell letters from authors. And then she just starts forging them. Um, to, to ah. Um, so the, the, the phrase "Can you forgive me?" is, is uh, a letter she forged from Dorothy Parker, uh, and I think a large part of it is kind of saying, "Well, she is a great writer because people love this stuff, but they, um, but they only seem to love it because it's they think it's by someone famous." So it's kind of like mm. it's not it's, it's her writing, but it's not her credit. Um, yeah, no, it's very well acted, good script, um, very well played. There's a cat, so Simon enjoyed that. Um, you've seen it as well. Uh, if Beale Street could talk, um, so this is uh, a young uh, black couple. I think it's set in the sixties. Racism in the sixties uh-huh. seems to be a big theme in this year's Oscars, um, <laughs> with uh, with Green Book and Black Klansman as well. Yeah, or maybe not all sixties, but um, yes, yeah, so a young couple. Um, it's not told in a linear narrative, so you jump around a bit. Uh, they're having a baby, but he's gone to prison um, for for a rape that he did not. Do. so basically a racist policeman uh, uh-huh. blamed him for it uh, and then you kind of see her family in particular and see her and you kind of flash back and forth between them getting to know each other and then him in prison And um, well it's, it's very much from her point of view so you, you don't see much of him in prison you see basically her visiting him in prison and how those scenes go it's very well acted um, beautiful performances it's Regina King is uh, um, probably the favourite for best supporting actress uh, yes, so I think that that's what I find um, interesting is that I think the two leads are great, the the, the main couple, um, and there's nothing wrong with the other performances. It's just there's not much to them. So she she's got two big scenes really, um, Regina, and uh, I wouldn't say she's the best actor in either of those scenes to be honest. Um, so she she, yeah, okay. she does a great job, but it's really not. It's really very much focused on the leads. So I'm surprised that she's that she is the favourite because I don't think she's got enough to work with um, again I think possibly screenplay is more likely or at least more, more deserving um, mm. what I find really interesting about it and this isn't really a spoiler because it's right at the start is that basically you're told he couldn't possibly have done this crime because he, because of where it happened and where he was at the time so mm. when you're watching it you absolutely know he's innocent um, mm. and yet you get kind of scenes where people are saying to her or to, to to the mother or I was saying how do you know he's innocent and she'd be saying oh I've known him since he was a kid he's a lovely boy or rather than saying factually he couldn't have done it and I think it'd be a more interesting film if they left some of that doubt in because even mm. if it's just for the audience saying well he seems lovely but is he really I think it would be a more interesting approach to take because then knowing outright that whether he's innocent exactly or... exactly and um and there's a few times like so there's a scene that I saw in Graham Milton's show where um uh <sighs> Uh, his mother um, is is a Christian and is very angry that uh, they're having a child out of wedlock. And to be honest, does not come. <laughs> Christians are not painted in a very nice light in this film. Um, she was basically just this horrible, horrible character. But that she's yeah. that she doesn't appear ever again. She has that one scene and that's it. Um, they 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 have a bit of kind of legal proceedings and you see his lawyer, but he's in like two scenes and doesn't come back. So I, it's very focused on their relationship, which is which is fine. But I thought there's some odd choices um in terms of what oh. they did and didn't show so i think it's definitely worth a watch and it's very it'll make you think but there are some choices that i didn't think were the right ones necessarily. was it nominated for best picture I, uh, I don't think it is actually um so i think oh. best supporting i think it might have a screenplay nomination um okay. and maybe cinematographer but uh but i don't think it's in the best picture list no mm. well maybe maybe because of your points right uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, Stephen James, who plays the 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 lead male, he um I've seen him before in a film called Race, which I mentioned on the podcast a long time ago, where he played uh, Jesse Owens, and he was very good in that. And he's he's very good in this as well. So I think they'll go places, but um, yeah, maybe maybe that's why I didn't make the cut. I don't know, but I think I'd say it's probably a better film than say Bohemian Rhapsody, which which has made the cut, but um, but it's not. I think Black Klansman covers a similar topic uh, better. Mm. Okay, that make that makes sense. And if if both of them were in it, they go split the words anyway. Yeah, I and mean, they take very very different approaches, but I think um, Black Landman is, is a great film. Mm. 
Right, we move on then uh, to the main segment. What about Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, sorry. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I watched on DVD. It's uh, it's an amazing achievement. Have you ever seen it? Uh, when I was very, very young. Yeah. So I was more interested in like the cartoons yeah. rather than I'd, the story. I'd seen clips before, but I'd never seen the whole thing. So uh, I'm sure everyone knows. Bob Hoskins plays a detective. He has to go investigate a crime in Toontown. So it's basically a world where toons, which cartoons, and, and, and humans live alongside each other. Um, is I think it came out in '88 or something like that, um, and it's an astonishing achievement, to be honest. To particularly with the uh, with the technology they had then to put these these worlds together. Apparently, Bob Hoskins actually um, had some kind of started seeing things or something like that because of his, the way he was having to interact with stuff that wasn't there all the time. But um, but just yeah, the way that yeah the, the, the tunes will push something and it will fall over it was, all those kind of interactions that had never been done before and to be honest haven't really been done to that extent since um so it's, it's amazing and it's a good film as well i think it's, it's funny in the right places it, uh, uh, it's probably more appreciated by people who've grown up with those cartoons which i didn't mm. um so it's got as well as having some made up or a lot of made up characters it's also got a lot of real ones so you see dumbo bugs bunny mickey mouse betty boop um, oh wow yeah I don't know how they got the rights to them um, but, yeah I know um, and apparently the first time that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse were ever seen together um, and probably the last time as well uh, could well be actually yeah 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 cool right here, here we go it's uh, it's on to the, Tom Cruise the man time. himself Tom Cruise um, see Jan there we've are we've been looking forward to this ever since we started this podcast Colin, I, you? this is basically why I started this podcast <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah uh, on episode 74 you're finally here this is it um, I've r- finally ran out of topics so, you, so I could sneak in a Tom Cruise uh, Tom Cruise has made 43 films Ejan <sighs> 43 films um, how many would you say you've seen um, let me count my okay. list while you're counting I will say that I have seen uh Four, well, 38 of them in full and two of them in part. In fact, three of them in part. 12 to 15. Um, okay. Um, what we, just to explain what's going to happen, we're going to chat around a bit. Um, we're going to come up with the definitive top 10 of, of Tom Cruise films by the end. Um, but I think just to make sure I've named all 43 films um, in the next half hour, uh, uh, we're going <laughs> to <okay. laughs> jump around a bit. Um, do you remember what the um, the first Tom Cruise film you saw was? I was trying to think um, what mine was. But... It's probably for me the first Mission Impossible. Okay, the okay. original original Mission Impossible. Uh, the first one I saw, I think, was probably Jerry Maguire. Uh, actually, which I, I didn't see when it came out, but I saw it on uh, on TV or on video. With Renee Zellweger. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, directed by Cameron Crowe, uh, which. Well, we'll come on to my top ten, but I think that's a great film. Um, so I've, I've kind of I've tried to um, kind of summarise the stages of Tom Cruise's career a little okay. bit, looking through these films. And this is how I'm going to mention some of the ones early days. Um, <laughs> Get all of it so, gone. Yeah. So so um, so the first big one he was in was a film called uh, well, there's a film called The Outsiders, uh, which has got an amazing cast. To be honest, lots lots of people who were. Uh, uh, who went on to big things? So um, I'm going to forget them all now. But I think Rob Lowe um, is definitely in it. Johnny Depp, I think, is in it. Um, Matt Dillon might be. Uh, I'm missing all kinds of names, but Matt it's, Dillon. Uh, it was. I mean, what else has I heard that name? Yeah, what's happened to Matt Dillon? <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's based on a based on a book. And Rob Lowe's talked about it quite a lot, but it was a there was a kind of the director's cut, which is much much better apparently than the than the one that was released cinematically. I've only actually seen the director's cut, so I don't know. Uh, if the original was was worse than that, but uh, I think it was kind of slashed for uh, for production. Uh, but so there's early days he's playing kind of like lots of teenage kids. And in this one, he's this um, very energetic brother. I think brother's one, but he's doing flips and things. Um, he's um, kind of very uh, active. I remember, I think it was Rob Lowe who said on the set of of The Outsiders that uh, they didn't know he was going to be like Tom Cruise, but he definitely knew. Um, so Patrick Swayze was in it, Emilio Estevez, uh, Matt, yeah, Matt and Ralph Macchio of, of uh, Karate Kid fame. Uh, I may have made up the Johnny Depp thing. <laughs> I thought <laughs> you know all his it. films by heart, Colin. Uh, you'll discover as we move on that that is not the case. <laughs> um, so his, uh, so that's his first big one. But he'd done uh, Endless Love as his first film, which I have not seen, uh, which he plays the immortal role of Billy. Um, followed by Taps, where he plays alongside Sean Penn, in fact, um, in a military academy 
which is a film that kind of very much um, almost fetishizes the military, but they, they, they take over the academy. I think it's a good, very um, intense role. Uh, it was in a film called Risky Business, which uh, you might not have seen, but you'll know yep. the uh, the famous scene where he skates in his yep. underwear. I know that scene. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a kind of film he would be unlikely to make now, well, partly because he's far too old, but also it's all basically essentially some kids running a brothel out of the house. Um, kind of thing that you can get away with back in the mm. 80s. Uh, a film called All the Right Moves, which I have seen, but all I remember is that Leah Thompson is in it and they play American football and I remember nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> um, the aforementioned legend, uh, where it's a kind of a fantasy uh, epic where he plays this kid who lives in the fantasy world and uh, most famously has Tim Curry playing the devil in some very impressive um, prosthetics, actually. So that's stage one of, of Tom Cruise. How many stages do you say? Uh, I've got four stages. Okay. This one I'm calling um, Personable Young Star. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and in fact, uh, I've slightly overlapped them a bit because I'm including the colour of money in that uh, a little bit. So he, um, this was the sequel to The Hustler, but made decades later and not really that similar. So The Hustler is a guy who yeah, hustles, but he's playing, playing snooker or mm. pool, maybe. Um, and it's a very sad story uh, where of kind of desperation and stuff. But the, the sequel, he's kind of, um, yeah, many years later, and he takes Tom Cruise under his wing a bit as kind of an ingenue that he's teaching the ways of snooker, or again, possibly pool. Um, but it's very, again, quite an intense performance from Tom Cruise. But, um, but that's where he kind of moved into the, the star phase of his career, um, where I think the two words that sum it up are probably Top Gun. Um, so Top Gun made him a star, I would say. Uh, which you must have seen Top Gun. I saw it, yeah, only three years ago. Okay, mm. yeah. Um, it's cheesy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll save my ratings for later. Fair enough. Um, so this is kind of, he was a big star. He was, did, this did Rain Man, uh, Born on the 4th of July, which is a um, story of, of a Vietnam vet. Um, basically goes through his entire life, more or less. So he's a young kid in Vietnam War, he loses... He ends up in a wheelchair. He writes a book all about the war. I think it's called Ron Kovac or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where he's not really done much of with kind of the biopic. I can't... Yeah, I'm trying to think of biopic. He did Valkyrie later, but he hasn't done a lot of biopics. Um, and this is the kind of almost cradle-to-grave um, biopic that gets awards recognition, and the, this is the one he's got the most awards recognition for uh, in his career. Mm-hmm. I had to, uh, yeah, Rain Man, everyone knows Rain Man, but him and, and Dustin Hoffman. Um, it's a great film. Yep. Uh, a film called Cocktail, which I really enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed at least. Um, but it was nominated for a Razzie. In fact, he was nominated for a Razzie for it. Um, so it's, it's about a kind of a beat poet slash cocktail maker. <laughs> um, it's not that great, actually, now I think about it. Um, it's, uh, he... Uh, it's a, it's a weird thing where his best mate kind of sleeps with his girlfriend and they seem, he seems to forgive her incredible forgive him incredibly quickly um but you know what how it is these and when you're in a cocktail bar it's just having a good time and then someone one of the bar staff just stands on a table to read a poetry uh, read a poem slamming capitalism yeah that, that happens to all my my bar uh, events yeah it was a very yuppie film that one <laughs> um uh then well, I'm, I'm I'm keeping this in, this is kind of a, in in that same phase. I guess we did Days of Thunder, which is uh, him with racing cars with a plum uh, far and away, which is kind of quite an epic film with he and him and Nicole Kidman moving to America. Is that their first uh, film together? Uh, actually, Days of Thunder was their first one together. She played a, a oh. doctor in that. Um, this was when they were together. Together. Uh, yeah, and in fact, I just watched Eyes. Well, I started watching Eyes Wide Shut uh, yesterday. And. And, and gave up after about 25 minutes. Um, it's not my kind of thing. This is quite a lot later, but that's the third film together, um, where it's basically about a guy who goes and has a lot of sex. Huh? Stanley Kubrick. Not a fan. Uh, and then I think we're kind of into the, the kind of way... Oh, we did The Firm as well, which um, is based on a uh, John Grisham book, so it's a lawyer who gets embroiled in, in something that's bigger than, than him. Uh, an interview with the vampire, which also was Resi nominated, which surprised me because I thought people loved that film. There you go. Hmm. Uh, and then we're into kind of the biggest star on the planet phase. Okay, so um, what's the second phase called? A star and renowned actor. I, call it. So I think this is probably his best in terms of awards, nominations. Probably, um, probably the best. 
Yeah, so Born the Fourth of July, Ray Money, Few Good Men. He's doing kind of very um, serious films generally. Yeah. Um, I mean, Top Gun, not so serious, but, uh, but very well respected. If I have made a list of his um, awards, um, so yeah, I'll do it now. Uh, so Oscar nominations, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, Jeremy Maguire and Magnolia. Mm. Um, uh, BAFTA nomination, Born on the Fourth of July, Golden Globe nomination, uh, Risky Business, apparently. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Maguire, he won for Born on the Fourth of July, he won for uh, A Few Good Men, Last Samurai. Um, Magnolia, he won Tropic Thunder, we'll come on to. Uh, yeah, so then, cute big star in the world, so we've got Mission Impossible, Jeremy Maguire, and uh, Eyes Wide Shut was a bit of a, uh, let's say, a, a, a miss, but um, but this is where he was kind of top of his game. Not necessarily the best films, not necessarily the best acting. Although actually, that Jeremy Maguire, Mission Impossible, I enjoyed both. But uh, it's a peak of his fame, maybe. Um, he did Magnolia after that, which uh, have you seen Magnolia? I've not seen Magnolia now. So um, well, a lot of people like Magnolia a lot. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. It's one of these kind of lots of different stories coming together. Uh, so he, in the most foul mouth performance he's ever done, and I'm including Tropic Thunder in that, um, he plays this basically self-help, well, not self-help, but kind of a advice guru type guy, but it's all about, uh, well, I won't use the phrase because it's a family podcast, but um, taming women. And, uh, ah, okay. Yes. That kind of thing. Uh, yes, uh, but it's, it's, it's a very interesting film and uh, yeah brings together these stories it's got a great cast fantastic trailer one of the all-time great trailers actually uh minority report i think it was huge at that point um vanilla sky him penelope cruz cameron diaz in this kind of weird fantasy world of well not just a fantasy world it's this yeah he uh gets very confused because people are not who he thinks they are and things change and all sorts i won't spoil that one but um he was at the stage of his career where they could get Times Square totally abandoned so that he could film himself or get filmed running down it. Mm. And there's not many films can do that. Um, uh, I quite like Vinland Sky, so I've only seen it once. Uh, I've put down here Austin Powers in Goldmember. Um, this is one of the ones I've only seen a clip of, but I've seen the entirety of his performance where basically he played Austin Powers in a film within a film, uh, which I thought right. he did very well, actually, for the brief period he did it. Okay. Um, uh, the Last Samurai. I'm sure you've got thoughts on The Last Samurai. I have lots um, of thoughts on The Last Samurai. Yeah. Um, should we do those? Should we do those now, actually? Nah. Uh, well, it's literally um, a white saviour complex, isn't it? More so than most, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, like, it's like the Great War. It's a white saviour. Yeah, he is awful. Like, he, he literally goes there and falls in love with the wife of the uh, the chief samurai who saved him and trained him up. That's how bad it was. And then he, oh, who turned out to be the last samurai remaining out of them, out of all the Japanese people? A white guy. A white guy. <laughs> of course, um, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I quite enjoyed that one, but I can see why um, why people object to it. Uh, in fact, it was, uh, i say it was one of his Golden Globe nominations, which is a bit of a surprise to me. Mm. Um, so I'm racking through these. We'll come back and do more on the uh, on the good ones when we do our top our top tens. Uh, collateral, uh, where one of his few villain roles, where he's playing a, a hitman who's driven around by Jamie Fox. Uh, War of the Worlds. So I think we probably kind of War of the Worlds is just on the cusp of his biggest star period, I would say. Um, so it's a huge Spielberg blockbuster. Uh, his, his second film with uh, Spielberg after Minority Report, which didn't mean to talk about, but I'm sure everyone knows my report. Um, but uh, we're kind of moving on. What well, I've called this phase uh, the isolated action star phase. Um, <laughs> so uh, kind of all the worlds, I guess, is on the cusp of that. But uh, things like Mission Impossible Three, uh, and then jumping forward a bit, you know, Jack Reacher, The Mummy, Edge of Tomorrow, where some there's, a, in fact, Mission Impossible Four and Five uh, and Six. Um, there's a significant variation in quality in those films I've just mentioned. Um, but he tends to play the same character in all of them. But yeah, he's at this phase where he is the star. The, 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 he tends not to work with huge actors in those films. I mean, there's some exceptions, but it's not kind of you're not looking at a Rain Man with Dustin Hoffman. Yes, very much exactly. Tom Cruise is yeah. above the title, and, and uh, you've got people around him. Um, Mission Impossible has become more of an ensemble over those films, but it's still definitely him, his his gig, isn't it? Um, and I think I, I would say 
it's suffered a bit. I say some of those films I love, but it's a shame that he's doing pretty much wall-to-wall action now. So there's some. So I've got Lions for Lambs here, Valkyrie. Um, so Lions for Lambs is a very boring <laughs> political political uh, film. Yeah, and it's a shame because a great director by Robert Redford. It stars Cruz, Meryl Streep, Robert Redford. I think it's a great cast. I think um, I think a young Andrew Garfield's in it, but uh, it's not a great film by any means. It, it kind of tries to deal with weighty subjects, not very well. Uh, Valkyrie with Brian Singer. It was um, a tale of a guy who tried to kill Hitler. It's not a bad film, but it's not it's not great. And he seems to move more into this kind of action. You know, Jack Reacher, this based on the Lee Child books, just guys beating people up. Um, obviously. Mission Impossible, I think they're great films, but it's it's very there's not a lot of kind of he's not showing the Range. the strength of his acting necessarily in those films. No, definitely. Um, not. Um, we did have him in the middle of that uh, Tropic Thunder we've mentioned before, where he played Len Grossman, which is a phenomenal performance um, as this kind of it, people say it's based on Harvey Weinstein, um, <laughs> sort of, uh, horrendous movie executive, and he's seen, he's definitely having a lot of fun with that, and. He, he doesn't do a lot of outright comedy, but that's some beautiful comedy work, I think. Um, he did Night and Day, which is terrible. <laughs> it's um, just really... And that is comedy, and if you'd see that, you think he should never do comedy again. So it's, it's a strange one. Um, so him and Cameron Diaz again. Uh, basically, he's a super spy. She's just a bystander who gets caught up in these things. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's kind of tonally, I think it usually tries to be a comedy but doesn't always work or doesn't even well very rarely works and it doesn't always try <laughs> so at one point he kind of he says oh right everyone down or i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna shoot myself and then everyone in the room which is yeah. in a certain kind of film that kind of works as a, as a as a one-liner but the film hadn't been like that up to that point and it just yeah it didn't work mm. uh, and it's a film called oblivion um which is a beautiful beautiful film the, the story isn't as good uh but it's uh basically him i can't remember who plays the, there's another girl uh um, olga kuryenko oh right yes there's, there's another girl as well um anyway i can't remember there's uh but basically in this it feels kind of like end of the worldish, yeah. um and uh, there's spoilers as to why that is but uh it's a very beautifully shot film joseph kaczynski um morgan freeman absolutely phoning it in in that film <laughs> Uh, Edge of Tomorrow we've talked about a lot I'll talk about it again in a bit um, and then the, the Jack Reacher sequels The Mummy which I know you're itching to talk about again no not really <laughs> no. Uh, American Maid which was actually was another biopic he played a real life drug smuggler uh, who worked for the CIA um, in one of his it was, it was kind of a slightly comedic but more just straight drama um, about a real Barry Seal uh, phenomenal life so that is the whistle stop tour of Tom Cruise's career wow um, so I think he's still in this kind of isolated action style where he does action films and he doesn't really team up with anyone huge. Um, I mean, you look down, yeah, Mission Impossible, Fallen Out, American Made, The Mummy. I, I, I guess uh, you could say that um, Russell Crowe in The Mummy was was a big star, but obviously Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. But by and large, he's not he's not working with the greats. No, definitely not. Um, so before we start with the list, Colin, yeah, you should tell everyone why you like Tom Cruise so much. So much so that we have to dedicate an entire episode for him. Um, it's it's one I, I've been trying to think because I think he has made some phenomenal films um, to start off with. Uh, going back probably more into that kind of the, the renowned actor phase, and um, I, I, I I'll come up to the top ten. But he's he's made some some amazing films. He's got a good range. Um, not that he's used it of late, but I think he does have a good range. Uh, the Mission Impossible series I think is easily the best action franchise out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did in his day, great drama, great um, romantic comedy. And he's just very charming, Zijan. He's a charming man. He's a charming guy. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to explain um, <laughs> quite Clearly. quite why I, I would watch him in anything. Um, and I why he, I have to watch him in everything as well. And why you have to watch him in everything. I think he's underrated as an actor. Uh, I think he's become less and less popular in in the, in the world eyes of the, of the world, and that's largely for off screen things. I think so. Uh, uh, his his various marriages and all the Scientology and all that. Yeah. Um, 
And there was a period where he was very vocal about that. Yeah, that's one thing he was jumping on the couch on Oprah Winfrey well, show. Well, yeah, I mean, very much that. But even before that, he, he did. I think it was around the time of War of the Worlds, um, where he was doing some very angry interviews about Scientology. Uh, and since then, has very much moved away. So he doesn't. He won't talk about that. I don't think. Well, he certainly, the interviews I've seen, he doesn't get asked about that anymore. Um, For a good reason. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sell movies, but uh, I think there's there's a view that there's I, I don't know if you've seen American Psycho, um, but well, Christian Bale playing Patrick Bateman, but he basically has said that he based that performance on Tom Cruise, the person, <laughs> um, which is uh, wow. Amazing. So I think he said he was watching him on some late night chat show and kind of saw his massive smile on his face, but said he was dead behind the eyes, and he thought that's what Patrick Bateman would be like. Oh wow! So um. So there you go. But, uh, apparently, I mean, very, very friendly chat. Lo- lovely to to everyone. Um, uh, I've made a list here of some of the uh, the directors he's worked with. I think this is another thing that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the early days, his first film was with Franco Zeffirelli. Um, although I'm not sure he chose that necessarily. Uh, but he's worked with some great directors. So uh, just to rattle through, Martin Scorsese he worked with on The Color of Money. Yep. Uh, Spielberg on Minor- with Minority Report and War of the Worlds. Yep. Uh, Oliver Stone for Born the Fourth of July. Uh, Ridley Scott for Legend. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola for The Outsiders Brian De Palma Mission Impossible Stanley Kubrick of course for, I've, I've written The Shining that's not true Stanley Kubrick for um, Eyes Wide Shut uh, Ron Howard for, with Far and Away Paul Thomas Anderson I mentioned for, for Magnolia uh, Cameron Crowe for the Sky um, Brian Singer Sidney Pollock Michael Mann Robert Redford J.J. Abrams um, so he's worked with some phenomenal directors but you look at his recent films and this is um, part of the reason I think that he is a little bit disappointing of late is that um, he seems to be working a lot more with directors who will be subservient to him so I think he's he's working with people he knows well yeah. but he's a producer as well so they'll let him and, do his own thing yeah and so I, so Christopher McQuarrie has worked with three times now the last two Mission Impossibles and Jack Reacher and I in fairness I think the reason he's worked with him again is because they have a great partnership and they do work well together but from, from listening to Christopher McQuarrie interviews it's very much Tom is at least equal partner in that and that's I think because he is the producer rather than because he's the star but they kind of intertwine mm-hmm. uh, similarly you know, work with Doug Lyman a couple of times Edward Zick Joseph Krasinski uh, is, is doing Top Gun and I think yeah he's working with people that he can yeah he can almost lead or, or certainly get a lot of responsibility from and, and, and kind of is a lot more famous than but he's he's not working with the bigger directors today I think the last time he did a film with a a big director, I guess Brian Singer in, in Valkyrie, maybe, or Robert Redford in Lions for Lambs. Yeah, it's very interesting to point out. Yeah, I, and and I think that's so we talked about the Mummy before, but I think that's why the Mummy failed, or one of the reasons oh. is that it was very much Tom Cruise making it his film, and Alex Kurtzman, fair play to the guy, I've never heard of him. <laughs> um, he's not one of the great directors, and it would be nice to see Cruise say like you know burying that a little bit and and working with. I'm trying to think of a big director that he's not worked with looking at that list um, but I don't know going back to work with Scorsese again or something like that or, or Clint Eastwood or something I don't know someone who is, is big and he hasn't worked with do you think he will though? well so I've, I've he's signed up for two more Mission Impossible films back to back yeah of course um, by which time he'll be in his early 60s um, or maybe be exactly 60 I think he might I think at that stage he might say right this period of my career the isolated action star he'll refer to it as um that period's over and I'm going to go back to doing what I started doing was kind of picking great scripts picking great great projects and working on those not necessarily trying to kill myself by jumping off buildings I don't think I work with Spielberg again I think they fell out actually a little bit really uh, oh. I think partly because of those Scientology interviews um, <laughs> um, when he was supposed to be doing his press tour for uh, War of the Worlds but yeah I, I think he might might yeah pair up with a Oliver Stone or something pair up with someone, someone like that again um, I hope so. I hope so. I have talked a lot. That's good, uh, though. I think, yeah, yeah. Well done, Colin. You know a lot about Tom Cruise. I do. Shall yeah. we, um, I'm just flattering you so you talk a lot more. Shall we go for the worst films quickly? Um, <laughs> uh, so yes. I so I did ask out for best and worst. I've only had one person suggest a, a worst film, which they said Vanilla Sky, which I think is a little harsh, actually, Adam, if you're listening. Uh, Clearly, none of those people have seen The Mummy. <laughs> Uh, sure, quick, yeah, Vinny Sky. I can see why it's not necessarily satisfying. I can see why people dislike it, but um, 
do you want do you want to tell me your bottom your bottom do you have three or do you, do you just oh, stick with just every, the money? Yeah, I I put in everything I've seen that I didn't like. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. So um, when you I remember when you asked me this question about putting the worst films in, I told you that I put the Mummy Times Three in it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's top on the list, and um, okay. if you want to know more why I hate this film, you can just listen to our previous podcast. Listen to our own podcast. It's also top of my list. Um, so there you go, definitive winner. Awful. Um, what else you got? Uh, Oblivion. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I I I I get the point of it being a beautiful film, but the plot is just awful. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't, and yes. it just it unravels so quickly halfway through the film, and it just became a chore to go through. I don't like it. Um, Top Gun. Ooh, okay. Yeah, controversially, uh, it doesn't age well. Really, it hasn't, does it? Um, really so doesn't I, age well. I probably saw it a little bit before you, but not massively before you. Um, and yeah, it's... it's I'm, I'm, I think the sequel is not going to be very similar to this. Uh, no, I, I, I can get it. I get it. It's one of those films that made Tom Cruise and, you know, but there are much better films that he's done that I'd rather see sequels of. Not this Yeah, one. I say it launched him as a star, so I can see why they're doing it. But I think people probably remember it more fondly than uh, than if they saw it now. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it's just, just it didn't age well. Very cheesy, no, extremely no. cheesy. Yeah. Uh, and um, the last samurai. All right, for for obvious reasons. For obvious yes. reasons. Yep. Uh, so I put Night and Day second. I think it just doesn't work. Um, and Mission Impossible Two, um, which is a yeah, a, a terrible <laughs> sequel. Um, really didn't get what Mission Impossible was about. I, I like the fact that they kind of reinvented the franchise each time, but that was a, a bad misstep. And it's good to go back, back on um, on track. Um, had I finished watching Eyes Wide Shut, I suspect it might have made it for this, <laughs> but I can't really put it in based on the first 25 minutes. So uh, No, you can't judge a book by the first 25 pages. No. Um, and indeed, the fact that I can't remember anything about all the right moves suggests it wasn't very good. But, uh, <laughs> Right, uh, let's go on to the top 10. Um, yeah, I've got to preface this. Okay. Um, I haven't seen... You've seen, a, you've seen 13 films. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically... The, I, wait a minute, if you've seen 13 films, does that mean that one your, that your fourth least favourite is also your 10th favourite? No, I have a top 8. I don't have a top 10. Okay. That's, that's the first thing I'm prefacing it with. And right. also, the second thing is that um, I haven't seen a lot of the his better films. Right, okay. Uh, that I know I should have watched, but I haven't. So things like I haven't seen A Few Good Men. Although oh, right. I have seen the ending of A Few Good Men many times. Okay. Yeah. You can't handle the truth or not. Yeah, the exact thing. Uh, I haven't seen Rain Man. Okay. Yeah. So this 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 uh this list may be skewed very slightly to the more yeah. recent films. Okay, well I'll fill in my ten and nine then, um since you haven't got one. <laughs> uh so tenth place I've actually got Rock of Ages, which is probably a controversial uh, choice. It's uh, no, I don't think it's controversial. I enjoy Rock of no? Ages. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 also very cheesy, but it's got a great soundtrack that I was singing along to for ages afterwards. I think Tom Cruise uh, is great in it. He plays this kind of very sleazy rock star and pushes <laughs> himself out of his comfort zone a bit. Um, and he's got a pretty decent singing voice, I have to say. Um, so that's in a ten. Uh, and in nine is Mission Impossible three, um, which. After the the horror show of Mr. Possible 2 really got the series back on track, J.J. Abrams, and I think it might have been his first live-action film, or certainly one of his earlier films. Um, it's got a fantastic villain, probably the best villain in Mission Possible, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, it's got a great love story with um, Michelle Monaghan. Uh, I think it just took the franchise in a great direction. Uh, introduced Simon Pegg. Uh, I thought it did really well. Uh, what have you got for eight? I have Jerry Maguire for number eight. Oh, you're yeah, actually doing this sp- properly. Filling in the spreadsheet as we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, with uh, Rene Zalrega and Chris Rock, right? Uh, no, Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Dang it, I forget. Uh, he won an Oscar for it. He did, for showing him all the money. He did show him all the money, that's right. Uh, yeah, um, I watched this when I was in uni, actually. And there are many classic lines from this film that mm. people still quote to this day. So, um... Help me help you. Yeah, you have me at hello. You complete me. Yeah, yeah. Many, many of those lines are still used today. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. It's decent. I enjoyed it. It's the rom-com. Uh, my number eight uh, is uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the um, most recent mm-hmm. uh, Mission Impossible film. Um, 
people rhapsodize about the film they really love it i think it is i think it's very good very very good and uh, the stunts are incredible um i think the story despite christian mccrory always saying that storytelling is the key thing the story doesn't make huge amounts of sense all the time uh, <laughs> I, I can i can definitely forgive that uh, i think it's uh, just phenomenal what tom puts himself through uh, for our entertainment so um, i'm looking forward to the next two mm. my number seven is uh far and away oh uh, yeah being one of the earlier, it's, it's probably the earliest uh, Tom Cruise film I've seen. And I do remember lots, a bit of it, even though I've seen it when I was very young. Um, it's the, because it was set in the Midwest, wasn't it, if I'm not mistaken? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. there was this, I remember this rush, this chase at the end, wasn't it, when they need to... Um, I was going to say, yeah, it covers a lot of ground, but yeah, the, the, the new one seems to be, if you can reach the land first, it's yours. Yes. Which I don't, I don't know if that's accurate or not. But, but I, I remember that so clearly, even though it's not one of the most famous Tom Cruise films and all that. But the, the fact that it left such an impact on me, even though I was so young, um, means I enjoyed it. might be the only one, unless you count Austin Powers, um, where he did an accent ah, down this list. I, I think, because he, he does, he, has, he plays Irish, doesn't he? But um, I think, yeah, looking down this list, it might be the only one. Uh, Top Gun actually came out slightly before that, or a few years before that, but mm. probably similar. Um, uh, for me, uh, where are we? Yes, we're at, uh, Rain Man is is my seventh or sixth, or wherever we are. Um, seventh, I think. Yeah, I've only seen it once. Actually, I need to watch it again. But um, phenomenal performance from Dustin Hoffman. I think he must have won an Oscar for that. I haven't checked. Um, but Tom Cruise is also great. This kind of this, uh, I think it's still a great performance, and, and again, very quotable. Very. I think when people think of that. Uh, of autism, that's what a lot of people still have in their mind on the basis of that film. Yeah, that's um, true. And he won an Oscar and for it. Dustin Hoffman, yeah. Mm. Yeah, did he? Okay. I, I, I made the bold claim he probably did, so I'm happy to have that confirmed. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Cool. My number six is uh, Rock of Ages. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't seen many Tom Cruise films, Colin. <laughs> hey, I put it in my top then. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed it. I like, as I say, as you mentioned, um, the songs are very, very catchy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, six for me is The Firm which I mentioned already but um, John Grisham adaptation I think it's I've mentioned them all already probably my favourite John Grisham adaptation maybe up the Pelican Brief um, very builds up suspense really well um, he plays this young hotshot lawyer very, very well and kind of um, there's quite a journey for him to go on from being this really cocky youth to, to seeing how it's all falling apart and taking on the system um, it's quite a lot of John Grisham novels seem to be the same from what I can see from the adaptations <laughs> but I think um this is a great one. My number one, two, three, four, five, five is five. a Minority Report. Oh yes. Yeah, the Steven Spielberg film based on the short story by Philip K. Dick. Uh, yeah. Um, it, uh, I like the sci-fi uh, elements of it. It's the futuristic elements of it. Tom Cruise is great as an action lead, as per usual. Uh, yeah. Didn't really like the ends. Uh, the second half yeah, of it that much. Wasn't there a TV series or something spin off from this? I think there is actually. Yeah. yeah, everyone likes this, the 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 way he moves the screens as well. It used to be one yes. of those cool things that, uh, that he did with his funny gloves. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's quite interesting all about pre-crime and all this. Yeah, some some interesting ideas as well. Uh, for me, it's um, uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Oh. So it's the uh, the the highest ranked Mission Impossible on this list for me. Uh, the fourth one, where I think they really got the franchise figured out what it was all about. Uh, kind of crazy stunts. So it's got. Tom Cruise running down the Burj Khalifa. Uh, it's where it became much more of a team film. So I know they had had team members before, but I think that's the first time it became a proper uh, ensemble. Um, it's just a great mix. The villain wasn't necessarily brilliant, but the the rest of it I think worked beautifully. And a nice cameo from Michelle Monaghan at the end to show they hadn't forgotten about Julia. So I uh, yeah really enjoyed that. I think JJ uh, Arams was producing, but it was Brad Bird, um, his first live action film. Yep. I think. He, I think it's in the made too. And there's almost Tomorrowland, so never mind. But uh, <laughs> yeah. my number four is the first Mission Impossible film. Oh yes. Yeah. Um. That's there, a great premise. It started off where everyone died on yes. his team except yeah. him, and then uh, the twist in the end was really, really good. And who can forget the iconic scene of him falling down the ceiling? Falling down the ceiling. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Like I say, it's, I, I watched that again fairly recently in the um. The big stunt where he's running away from exploding fish tank yep. kind of looks rubbish. <laughs> I mean, he's gone from that being the big stunt to you know, jumping off a helicopter, as obvious. And uh, yeah, they, they've certainly moved on. Mm. But yeah, that 
famous uh, Mission Impossible stance. It's great, isn't it? Uh, and for me, fourth place goes to Collateral, um, which I think is a phenomenal film. I think he's Excellent. his best performance, possibly. Um, I think beautifully shot by Michael Mann. The city looks looks really great. Um, Jimmy Fox is great uh, as the kind of put upon cab driver who's got to kind of be a bit. Well, I think he comes into his own as the night wears on. But yeah, as, as a hitman, I, I, I'd like to see Tom Cruise do more villainous roles. Mm. So. I agree with you, because I have that as my number three. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, bodes well for class role. Oh, yeah. uh, great, my number three is uh, A Few Good Men, uh, which yeah, written by Aaron Sorkin, who's probably my favourite screenwriter, uh, based on his play. Um, Tom Cruise, again, again a hot shot. Um, in this case, uh, Marine Lloyd. <laughs> How many times does he play a hot shot? I should have named one of his phases Hot Shot. Yeah. That was, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, beautiful script, uh, very tense legal uh, court proceedings, as we, we all know the uh, you can't handle the truth mm-hmm. uh, line, which obviously isn't his line, but still, um, yeah, phenomenal film. My number two is Age of Tomorrow, which is, uh, we've mentioned before, I've definitely mentioned before, the whole uh, Groundhog Day meets yeah. uh, fighting aliens. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Works beautifully. Love yeah. it. Love it so much. It's also my number two, actually. Yeah. It's probably going to win. I think it might. Yeah. Emily Blunt is amazing in it as well. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the sequel. Um, Don't really like the ending, made. though. That's probably why I put uh, it number two. Yeah. I think people didn't like the fact they kissed. It seemed to come out of nowhere. But the, the whole concept, there's one or two plot bits, I think, oh, I'm not sure about that. But it's, it's funny. I think you forget how funny it is. Uh, it, it, other than the end, I mean, the ending is all right, but um, I think it just makes a lot of sense. It kind of goes through all the stages you think it might go through. It's tense, yeah. What probably my favourite sci-fi of the twenty uh, first century. Mm. And my, what's your, what's, what number one spot then? Yeah, um, it's a Mission Impossible Fallout. Ah, uh, I, I know you're a big fan. I yeah. am a big fan of the film. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm so glad that you made me watch this last year. And yes. Yeah. For for me, this is like why I would. Think if an action film, if you tell me what an action film is going to be like, this is what I would expect an action film to be like. It, it sets the bar for all action films in the future, and it's a very high bar to be. Yeah. yeah uh, would you say it makes up for making you watch the movie? Yeah. I'm not going to answer that. Uh, fair enough. Uh, my number one, uh, I did rejig my top three a bit, but um, my number one is Jerry Maguire. I think it's a phenomenal film great rom-com great uh comedy so, as you say so many quotable lines uh oscar win uh, that end scene where he comes and says yeah you, you complete me and you can she says you have me a hello is a beautiful beautiful scene um you like your rom-coms you're such a softy i have such a softy it's true uh but yeah cameron crowe i think it's great and yeah you don't see him do like a rom-coms but i mean he's not really done any romantic films uh for a very long time i think the general perception of him, maybe after three marriages, um, very publicly falling apart in, in the last two cases, people maybe don't associate him with that on screen anymore. But um, that's a beautiful film. Mm. Um, we've had some other, uh, other thoughts. I'll rattle through them. So uh, Kev said Rain Man. Uh, James has gone for Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow. And um, Ollie, I think, I think agreed with Edge of Tomorrow. Um, uh, Judy's on Rain Man. Uh, Rob has gone for Magnolia, which we've not talked masses about, but um, a lot of fans of Magnolia. Uh, Rachel's gone for Minority Report and Top Gun. Uh, my brother Simon has said that Far and Away in, is the only one he could bear watching again. Um, <laughs> uh, Bronwyn's also got Magnolia. Uh, Dave, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, who's been on here once, uh, has gone for Magnolia, The Colour of Money and A Few Good Men. Uh, my friend Polly has gone for Collateral, American Maid and Rock of Ages, uh, with a comment that he's a much better villain, which I, I, I well, as you know, I agree with that. Um, uh, Roz has gone for Jack Reacher. Which actually, we've not talked about Jack no, Reacher much, but um, uh, have you seen it? I think I may have, but that's <laughs> how much I... That character color kind of blends with all his Mission Impossible roles, though. That's the thing. Uh, see, I think... So you've you got a lot of criticism fans because Jack Reacher in the books is like six foot eight or something stupid, and Tom Cruise very much isn't. Uh, I thought Jack Reacher was really good, actually. I think it it's kind of... It's a lot more violent, but not kind of in a gory way, kind of more in a clinical way. Like, if he's beating up some guys, he'll do it in the way that will incapacitate them the fastest. Ah. So, so it, unlike Mission Impossible, where you can kind of throw someone through a glass window and they'll, they'll be fine, generally, I'd have thought. 
he'll be kind of like, right, I'm going to break your ankle, I'm going to break your elbow, and we're done, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so I think it really works for that. The sequel, I don't think, is very good. Um, it's not terrible, but it's not great. Uh, and Adam has gone for Edge of Tomorrow and Top Gun. Uh, so let me go to my... Uh, Edge of Tomorrow has one, though. Um, I think you are almost certainly right. Uh, let me get my top... Oh, come on, spreadsheet. What are you doing? Uh... <laughs> Don't you do this for a living, Colin? Really? I do this for a living. Oh, it's all gone horribly wrong. We're going to have to do that again. <laughs> I'm sure we just reused the same spreadsheet I used before, which doesn't bode well for our previous. Uh... Okay. See, Shen, I think I have a top 10. You've done this two times already. The third time's a job. <laughs> Let's find out. Joint joint ninth, we have Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and Rain Man with six points each. Uh, next up, we have three films on seven points, uh, which is Mission Impossible, uh, Minority Report, and Rock of Ages. Um, you know, slight surprise there. We leap up a little bit uh, next to... Ooh, Mission Impossible Fallout and Jerry Maguire, both on 13 points. Um, so you and I both gave them uh, first place and eighth place. Top two, then. Top two. Um, collateral comes in at number two with 16 points. That's seven from me. Well deserved. One from someone else. Well deserved. Um, and leading the way. By a huge margin. By a huge margin. Three points from our friends. And second place from both of us. It's Edge of Tomorrow. Very good Number film. one. Um, and the only Tom Cruise film I have on DVD. Is it really? <laughs> is it really? you not got Mr. Impossible Fallout on DVD? No, not yet. I will get okay. it. I do. Um, bearing in mind listeners that that's my third attempt at that on a spreadsheet who knows if that's right or not but thanks for your contributions um, that's the definitive maybe top 10 of uh, of Tom Cruise films uh, so, so next time we're quizzing on James Gunn um, we didn't do an active factor this time because it was all active factor uh, but Zijan have you have you allocated an actor for our yes, next time yes uh, we are doing uh, Sir Ian McKellen Sir Ian McKellen I'm trying to think oh. whether I know any other films apart from the Lord of the Rings and X-Men. And X-Men. <laughs> I seen uh, brilliant. Okay, well, I look forward to discussing Lord of the Rings and X-Men. <laughs> um, uh, and what is our main topic for next time? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Can't wait. Bye. This is so long, Colin. <laughs>